0: This is AgriPulse Daybreak West for Friday, April 15th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Daly. Here's today's headlines. Assessing drought impacts and Grassley laments difficulty of immigration legislation. PPIC tallies up drought impacts. The Public Policy Institute of California has issued a policy brief on the drought's impact on agriculture so far. The Sacramento Valley had the majority of the state's 400,000 acres of total fallowed land last year. The Russian River Basin saw large impacts as well, with revenues dropping about a quarter, adding up to $148 million. Excessive heat also led to approximately 8% increase in crop water demands. Increased groundwater pumping led to subsidence through at a lower rate than the previous drought. The extra pumping raised energy bills by $184 million. Taylor Farms Fire, a total loss. The Salinas Fire Department lifted evacuation orders yesterday afternoon after a fire destroyed a production facility in the Central Coast City. Fire officials had been concerned an ammonia tank could ignite and issued a shelter-in-place order for 35,000 people in South Salinas. The fire began at a welding project facility. Fire crews later reported the water pressure was too low to put out the fire. While about 1,000 workers are employed at the facility, it had been closed for the season with few workers on site. Taylor Farms plans to shift operation among its facilities throughout North America to maintain its supply chain. Mexican border delays still worry U.S. ag. The U.S. ag sector depends on the ability to ship products between Mexico and Texas, and Governor Greg Abbott's increased border inspection demands are drawing sharp concerns from American farm groups. Jaime Castaneda, Executive Vice President of the National Milk Producers Federation of the U.S. Dairy Export Council, says the totally unnecessary increased inspections aren't impacting U.S. dairy exports, but they could provoke retaliation from the Mexican government, and that, he stressed, would hurt us. Meanwhile, the added inspections that are causing hours of delays for northbound traffic they're hurting U.S. poultry exports, according to the U.S. Poultry and Egg Export Council. That's because American poultry exporters count on Mexican trucks to come across the border and pick up shipments from U.S. trucks, Yusupik says. Produce groups also have complained about the backups, noting their products are subject to spoilage because of long waits. Abbott announced a border security agreement with one Mexican governor on Wednesday to help ease the backups, but it does not apply to all bridges and border crossings. Grassley supports immigration reform, laments complications. Senator Chuck Grassley yesterday said he would support reforms to grant temporary ag workers permanent status, but he lamented the uphill battle in the legislation would face. Grassley, the Iowa Republican, is the ranking member of the Judiciary Committee which handles immigration legislation. He said a little non-controversial bill, like extending permanent status to H-2A and H-2B workers, would invite other more controversial immigration amendments and sink the bill. Grassley faces resistance even in his own party. A spokesman for Senator John Bozeman, the Arkansas Republican, who is the top Republican on the Senate Ag Committee, said he could not support any immigration legislation or until our borders are secure, he said. Take note, Senators Mike Crapo, the Idaho Republican, and Michael Bennett, the uh, Colorado Democrat, have been engaged in negotiations for an immigration bill in the Senate. The House last year passed its own bill, the Farm Workforce Modernization Act, but the Senate has yet to take it up. Grassley said while he's not uh, part of those negotiations, he said he would be, quote, glad to help that process along. Feenstra sees potential for congressional rewrite of Clean Water Act. Iowa Republican Representative Randy Feenstra said on this week's edition of AgriPulse Newsmakers that the best way to solve the thorny issue around the definition of waters of the U.S., is to have Congress get involved. He said, quote, You have EPA dictating back and forth. depends on who's in the administration. You know, it's Congress' role to act and set policy, and I think that's what has to happen. He continued, To me, Congress needs to legislate and keep agencies like the EPA out of it. You can listen to Feenstra's full interview on AgriPulse Newsmakers. It'll be live on our website later today. Livestock methane emissions down slightly in 2020, EPA says. Methane emissions from beef cattle dropped slightly in 2020, the Environmental Protection Agency says. In its latest greenhouse gas emissions report, it found that total U.S. greenhouse gases were driven down 9% in 2020. That largely due to the impacts of the COVID-19 pandemic on travel and economic activity. From 2019 to 2020, methane emissions from the enteric fermentation, which came mostly from belching, decreased by half of a percent, largely driven by the decrease in cattle populations, EPA said. Beef cattle went from 126.5 million metric tons of carbon dioxide equivalent to 125.3 million metric tons. Uh, Dairy cattle emissions went up from 43.3 million metric tons to 43.6. Mary Thomas Hart, the National Cattlemen's Beef Association Environmental Council, said that based on the inventory, direct emissions from beef cattle continue to be only 2% of overall U.S. greenhouse gas emissions, and that per pound emissions from cattle production have decreased 40% since 1960. American Farm Bureau Federation economist Shelby Meyer said the data shows that overall emissions from U.S. livestock continue to be less than 3% of overall U.S. greenhouse gas emissions. In addition, she noted that methane emissions in 2020 represent less than 11% of all greenhouse gases in the U.S., whereas carbon dioxide emissions are 79% of U.S. greenhouse gases. Fertilizer manufacturer CF Industries warns of delays in nitrogen shipments. CF Industries is warning that shipments of nitrogen fertilizer will be delayed because of railroad-mandated shipping reductions imposed by Union Pacific. Union Pacific told the fertilizer manufacturer April 8 it would have to reduce its shipments by nearly 20% and that noncompliance will be the result of an embargo on its facilities by the railroad, CF said in a news release yesterday. As a result, the company said, quote, it may not have available shipping capacity to take new rail orders involving Union Pacific rail lines to meet late season demand for fertilizer. The railroad said it was taking a series of actions to address congestion, including partnering with customers to begin a metered approach in the coming days, according to spokesperson Kristen South, speaking to Agripulse. The approach allows us to continue serving all customers while simultaneously working through a backlog of cars. Restoring our ability to process volume, an approach we successfully applied last year with West Coast Internet Intermodal Traffic, South said. Well, that's Daybreak West for this Friday, April 15th. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit agripulse.com. For Agripulse Daybreak West, I'm Jock Alley.